Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life that totally rocks. You're listening to Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS podcast for busy people who want to ditch the fatigue, find balance and feel great with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guests have made a bit of a name for themselves on both TikTok and Instagram. In fact, it was my husband who alerted me to the Insta account. He was like, you have to check out this bloke's videos. They're insane. You see, the account is called Site Inspection, and they go around inspecting brand new buildings for defects and shonky workmanship. And it's scary some of the stuff they find, particularly when it comes to defects in waterproofing and drainage that lead to toxic black mould growth that cause all sorts of health issues. Mould growth in brand new buildings. I was immediately fascinated, not only by the visual content of them pulling apart these brand new homes and showing the infestations and damage that occurred, but also in the quirky commentary, because it's kind of hilarious and frightening all at the same time. Once you go and check out this Instagram account, you'll know what I mean. Given that I see a lot of clients with mold illness, some who've been exposed in brand new builds, I thought who better to get on the podcast to teach us more. So please welcome to the show, Ed and Zaheer from Site Inspections. Woo! Hey, how are you? Hi there. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> All right. We'll do a very quick roll call so we know whose voice is who. Uh, Ed? Yes. Hello. Uh, this is me, Ed. I'm part of the Site Inspections team here in Melbourne. And Zaheer? This is unbelievable. Hi, <laughs> 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 Excellent. All right. So I'm, I'm so glad I've got both of you on here today. Um, tell me a little bit about how this whole thing came about. Like, how did you become the guys who go and assess for shonky building work? Look, I guess it um, stems from, you know, both of us have been in, in the building game for a good number of years. Um, and we sort of found ourselves in building through different ways. We've come in through, you know, with university qualifications and things like that. So we've, we've got, um, you know, solid backgrounds in, in business and, and management and, you know, different uh, technical disciplines. And, um, you know, Z is a registered builder, maintains his builder registration as well. And one of the things that we sort of called out, you know, very early on in the piece is that, Hey, you know, no two homes are ever built the same, right? So, um, and this is really one of the challenges I think that, you know, builders across the country need to address is that, you know, how do they maintain a degree of quality and uniformity across their, their sites and the build process? And that's really where site inspections comes in, right? Is that, you know, we can do these checks. Um, we can go in there looking for compliance, uh, make, ensuring that, you know, different elements of the construction are built to code and different Austra uh, and conform to the different Australian standards. And that's really where our fundamentals uh, are driven from. And with all that and our different backgrounds, you know, we bring in different tool sets. We've got a software application on our phones to, to quickly go through jobs and, and, and log different defects and non-compliance issues. And you know, we streamline that, that whole process of um, inspection. And Zaheer, tell me a bit about your background because you're you're the kid with all the, the really cool toys, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, the development of my vest and, and all that stuff came, came over the years because 
you know, having like I've got a degree in uh, computer engineering, registered building practitioner, and a bunch of other certifications and all that. Um, and uh, the thing is, you know, a, as an engineering background, you always want to try to uh, kind of find a better way to do things, you know, all the time. And uh, and and because of my uh, background, when I started doing building, uh, and we branched off to doing inspections after that. Uh, we combined my, you know, computer engineering and electrical engineering background with with my um, building with my building experience, and I started, you know, learning how to use all those uh, tools, the moisture meters, uh, the thermal cameras, etc., and uh, and then basically uh, it started with a couple of tools in my pocket, you know, going on ladders, going into roof cavity. I'm, I'm started to think like, how can I make this whole building inspection process uh, more efficient and uh, and to capture everything at the same time, you know, I've got, for example, uh, uh, th you know, three different torches. What one torch that goes, you know, for about uh, about 40, 50 meters straight, like a laser, a wide beam one, a UV, UV light um, uh, a torch. I've got different type of torches in the same pocket, uh, pocket knives, etc. So everything is is on my body that I need to do the inspection. So that, that's how I've kind of. Um, uh, you know, stood out from the rest of uh, the building inspectors out there. You know, I don't just come in with, with spirit level and, uh, and a tape measure, you know, and take a couple of pictures. You know, we want to find out, you know, what the hell's going on with this house and uh, and try to make the client happy and resolve the problem. Yeah, and I know that you can go and buy like a, a moisture meter for like 50, 60 bucks at Bunnings, yeah. but that's not what you're using, right? Yeah, that's right. Like my thermal camera is like twelve thousand uh, dollars. The the moisture meter is um, about five grand. I've got uh, also a, a, a DFT, which is a dry film thickness uh, uh, sonar device, which measures the thickness of the of the waterproofing membrane. Instead of you know uh, ripping out a piece of waterproofing and measuring it with a with a ruler, as per you know, some inspectors do. Uh, we do a non-invasive testing with this uh, device. Like yeah, that device alone is like six thousand dollars. So I, I invest a lot of uh, money into the tools to to get a better outcome for the client. That's incredible. So I feel like you're the boys that people call when they've already had two or three other people look at their home, and they didn't get any answers. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Yeah, you're like yeah. the mold detectives. <laughs> Yeah, pretty well, pretty much, and and Z left out the particle meter as well. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we've also got a particle meter, so we can sort of measure you know, particles inside the home and do a comparison to the number of particles outside the home. So um, yeah, you can quickly see whether you know um, you know the the internals can can be problematic to the to the occupants of that home living there. Do you mean like being able to measure like mold particles in the air in real time without yeah, having it, this? Are you yeah, kidding? Yeah, exactly right. So we, we, it does a reading within one minute. Um, it captures all the particles uh, from 0 0.01 microns to around, um, uh, around I think, uh, about five, five mm -hmm. or six. And oh it gives God. the range of particles in the air within that uh, that period. And then we compare it to outside air and we say, look, you got to get some ventilation. You got to open up your windows or... Yeah, you know, and give yeah. them some advice like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, get a HEPA filter inside, and, yep. and all those sorts of different things. That's incredible. I didn't even know that that sort of stuff, like they, these sorts of tools, existed. I thought 
in order to diagnose a problem with mold in the house, you had to like take an air sample, send it off to a lab, wait two weeks for the response from the lab. You're kidding. This is awesome. Well, that, that, that's right. So, so we also do sometimes work with uh, uh, another fellow um, who actually does have a lab <laughs> and does do all that sort of work as well, because you know, sometimes it is important to identify you know, the species and the types. Um, yeah, I mean, in general, any mould is bad mould. Um, so obviously if a homeowner does see some, it's always good to remove it straight away. Um, clearly, if it comes back again, that's when you really need to identify, well, what's really behind the cause of this? And mm -hmm. that's where, you know, people like ourselves really come into play yep. you know, to identify how is moisture getting into the home, into that particular area to keep causing this mould to reoccur. Yeah, right. So what are some of the defects in a home that can cause this mould growth to keep coming back, especially in a new building? Look, I mean, a lot of our current construction codes basically you know, necessitate that a home is, is a fairly you know, airtight chamber, right? You don't want heat escaping. You don't want your air conditioning you know, escaping out into the open air, right? Because at the end of the day, it'll cost you more to heat and cool your home. So the whole idea is eliminate drafts, right? So, so there's different parts of the construction code that are that dictate how the house is put together, how you seal around doors, how you seal around windows and, and other sorts of openings like that. There's benefits to that, but then there's also the downside that if you're entrapping humidity inside the home as well. So you need to look at other ways on how do you ventilate the space that the person's living in. Um, and clearly sometimes people forget that they need, do need to actually open windows, have some degree of air exchange, um, freshen the air inside that living space so they can remove moisture at the same time and reduce you know, the environment um, that make, make, can make it suitable for mould to grow. So you know, picture somebody taking you know, a 10-minute steamy, hot, steamy shower versus somebody who might only take it for one minute, right? So there's a different amount of steam and moisture you know, put into the air. Um, yes, there are extractor fans and all these sorts of things that should remove it you know, outside of the structure. Uh, but as we often see in our inspections, um, a number of builders forget to actually connect the ducting to the external <gasps> world. It goes oh, back into the roof space and pops out somewhere else uh, mm -hmm. and causes problems. Oh, God, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, that, that's it. exactly right. And, and, you know, that's why you know, we, we differentiate ourselves from a lot of other inspectors by the tools, by the process and by our methodologies, right? Mm -hmm. Um you know, we, we've been called in sometimes as second, third or fourth and sometimes even the sixth line of inspectors to come and sort something out. Um, you'd be surprised how many inspectors don't go into ceiling in spaces, don't look here, don't look yeah. there, and also don't really understand how the built structure is put together. I'm not sure if you've seen one of my videos that uh, I think it was a recent video where the actual manhole was blocked by the builder. <gasps> I saw that one. They put like beams across it or something. So yeah, that, and so you were I, like, I, it's I, a I bit sus. <laughs> <laughs> something going on there. And, you know, no, normally inspector, you know, lifts the manhole up and it's, if it's blocked like that, they won't even go in. But I pushed it aside, tried, you know, spend about five minutes trying to open that up. I go, man, something dodges going on here. I'm going to go in and record it. 
And then there, there was an oven pan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm ready for his hot chicken dinner. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we're laughing, but it wouldn't be funny if you were the owner. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> These poor owners, seriously, you must have. Oh, and that's the sad truth of it all. But, you know, to an owner, they might say for argument's sake, pop their head up through there and see this and really not think twice about it, right? But, I mean, we go up there because of our building background and experience. We say, well, that's not really the right thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Up to report. <laughs> yeah, chicken pan in your, in your ceiling cavity, not really going to, you know, pass code, <laughs> right? <laughs> And then I'm like, I'm definitely going to make a video. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to be insta-famous, chicken pan. Um, the other one I really liked, Zaheer, was um, the one where someone had put a deliberate hole in the shower so that the water drained out of the shower via this hole, which so, is kind of the exact thing you're meant to not have in a shower. Yeah, exactly right. And if the look, uh, sometimes it's a good idea for shower. They say the regulations for that, the installation manual says that you have to do that, like a small little weep hole to let the water from behind the tiles to come out. But if the if there's a breach of the waterproofing, if you haven't tied the waterproofing to that shower base and you have a shower, it's going to basically exit exit the shower area, which what which is what happened to that one. So that to that home, and then that home is built by a volume builder, and they're still saying, "No, nah, no, nah, we we believe it's it's the right thing to do." And man, I've got documented evidence, the videos out there. You know, have a look what's going on, and uh, it just it's amazing. Oh God, it's horrifying. Um, yeah. You were saying just before off um, before we we started recording about roof leaks as well, and you see a lot of roof leaks. Yeah, it's like a, like roof leaks. If I go on a roof, I gu I'm guaranteed going to find uh, a breach of the Australian standards, you know, and and that which leads to uh, water ingress into the home, and uh, it's just, it's very slow. So most of the roof leaks that I find are progressive over time. So it will take, you know, a couple of months for it to get to reach inside the home, sits on the, the insulation, insulation soaks it up, and then basically the homeowners turn the heater, the heater's on, and it dries off. So it's, it takes maybe a year or even a couple of years for it to appear, and mold will start to develop over time. So uh, that's why when I go and do an inspection, I ask the client, you know, how long has it been uh, there for, you know, when it rains, or do you, is it when you turn the aircon on it, it, the leak happens. So I kind of we try to get a background story of what's going on before going anywhere. And then, you know, after we've got the background, we basically start our analysis. I go on the roof, we do a non-invasive check by using our tools. Um, and then if we, you know, last resort, if we can't find anything, we ask the, the client, can we do a destructive investigation? Because we believe this area um, has the problem. And like 99% of the time, we're correct. Mm -hmm. I'll wow. go from 99.9. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, it's scary and incredible. Why do these defects happen? Is it shonky builders? Is it shonky tradies? Is it supply chain issues, which means not being able to get the right materials, so people just making shit up? Or is the whole system just broken? Look, it's it's basically all of the above, virtually. Um, you know, it's a, it's a progressive, it's a progression of, of errors, I suppose, right? So, I mean, as an example, um, you know, roof plumbers, you know, uh, uh, certify their their own jobs, right? 
So they they do the installation, they they issue the builder with a certificate of compliance, and the builder thinks, okay, complies. I've been given a certificate of compliance. Does the builder go up there and check things? Well, I don't think so. Um, yeah, that's not, why. Not if to... not if there's a beam there and then they don't see the chicken pan. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> that's right. Um, maybe they tried to go and inspect it and just gave up. Mm. <laughs> they got trapped by their own trap. <laughs> but yeah, so, so this is just one of those those issues. And and look, there, there are challenges in the building industry at the moment. Don't, don't get me wrong. Material issues, trade issues, labour issues. Look, at the end of the day, it's all an excuse. I mean, really, people should be uh, proud enough of their own work to do it properly in the first place. And my personal opinion on the matter is, and this is a personal opinion, is that every trade should be registered and should issue their own certificates of compliance and, and contain their own insurance against the work that they do. And that, that's going to be the only way to clean up the industry. In yeah. my opinion, right? Everybody's got to be responsible for the component of the bill that they've delivered for the builder. Because unfortunately, the, the builder is at the end of the, the, the chain and sometimes they should be more diligent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to give them a get out, get out of jail card. Uh, but sometimes they don't know themselves. And, you know, we're trying to, 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 to market our services to builders to do different staged inspections beyond the... You know, the statutory inspections that need to be carried out in Victoria and, and, and in other states, but we just focus in Victoria. Uh, so it's on top of that. So they actually know that they're handing over a compliant build to their end customer at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, that would be a perfect world, wouldn't it? Actually stopping these things from happening before they progress to becoming problematic. Yes. Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> How far off that are we? <laughs> It's a bit of a nirvana. <laughs> but yeah, right. It needs tighter regulation. Ultimately, the, the regulations have to be tightened um, in a lot of these different areas uh, to actually make it uniform across the different trades. Like, for example, waterproofing and doing waterproofing membranes. The waterproofer can in, um, issue their own certificate of compliance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, oh, my work's good, Tick. Well, correct. <laughs> or they can get, you know, their... For argument's sake, they're, they're their next door neighbour to issue a certificate of compliance, right? Yeah. Because they, it's not regulated. Yeah. yeah, it's not a regulated yeah. industry. That's they, the they give it to the builder and the builder's like, all right, thank you for the certificate. He passes that on to the builder surveyor and the building surveyor is like, all right, thank you for the waterproofing certificate. It complies. And then I go along, like yesterday, I was, I was at a volume builder's site, one of their bigger developments, um, and... Uh, the waterproofing was non-compliant. They had to rip it all off and they've tiled. So they have to remove tiles and remove the waterproofing. And that's for like five bathrooms. And and the tiling costs mm. around $110 a square meter just for the tile alone. So there's a massive loss because it didn't bring any, bring us in before. Oh, um, it just shows that, that anybody can go out there and start doing waterproofing, start painting the wall up and issue a, a paper. You know, they're saying, oh, yeah, it's compliant. Thank you very much. It's all about who's liable for it. And then the builder cops it at the end because, man, you've given me a certificate that's compliant and uh, it's not. And now I'm liable. <laughs> the mm -hmm. builder's liable for it. 
That's crazy. Honestly, like there's, there's so many holes and flaws in this system right now. Correct. Exactly. There's a lot of holes and people can take advantage of it that way, uh, which unfortunately then ends up, you know, in the lap of the homeowner. Yeah. And then the homeowner, for example, like, like that, uh, um, home that we've inspected uh, for the single mom with two two kids, like she hasn't got money to go out there and and basically you know get an inspection report. The neighbor actually, like we, we thought it was like a scam. Yeah, we got an email saying that, hey man, look, uh, like massive email about the single mom with two kids and all that. Uh, you know, there's mold everywhere. It's a rental home, and she's got no money to get an inspection. I'm gonna pay for it. And we're like, oh no worries, use the invoice, pay for it. And then when I found that it was real, we refunded the money. And that was a Channel 9 news uh, um, video that, that came along with me. Yeah. Um, she, she's got no, no money to, you know, get a report or, or get a lawyer or and it's a new build. It's a brand new build and molds everywhere in the home, you know. And uh, and we actually like people are using our service now to reach to get it to, to get a better reach or to expose a builder or to expose your poor workmanship. And it's helping them out like. Some some other clients that are calling us, they just want a video. They come and do a video, and I want to send it to the builder. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh so, my God. Uh, and there was one particular client actually that got the video, and uh, and actually posted it on their Google reviews. I <laughs> 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 God, the, the builder said, "Please take the video down." Um, I'll fix all the defects for you. And I said, man, come on, man. I spent a lot of a lot of time on the video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is gold. So I, actually, I actually took that video down. I don't know if you remember the video. It's the one with the statues. It was like, it looks like the owner has to join those guys waiting for the builder to come back. Um, uh, it, it was a video that I've taken down now on all social media just so it can help the client, you know? God, the things you do, the things you have to do. So, so look, my husband follows you and he said uh, he heard that you'd ruffled some feathers in the industry. I can't imagine how. Um, but you're like, you've ruffled feathers to the point of getting actual threats. Is this true? Yes, yeah, it is. Uh, so, um, one, one, um, uh, uh, one homeowner got us to do a pre-purchase inspection. So we, we did a pre-purchase inspection. Um, it, the home value was about $1.7 million, brand new home. There was a uh, major defects in the home, non-compliant waterproofing, non-compliant uh, brickwork, et cetera. Um, and she said, look, I don't want any trades to come in my home. I want to buy a brand new home like I'm buying a brand new car. I don't want problems. I don't want people to start fixing it. And then I said, all right, cool. Look, you have to get people to come in and, and rectify the waterproofing because you're going to get leaks after a couple of months. And she goes, no, I don't want that. Um, uh, I go, look, there's going to be major, major works there, which in my opinion is, is you know, destructive works is basically major works in our opinion when, I, when we do our report. So uh, she basically got out of the contract. Um, builder lost his, lost his mind because it was a builder's home. Yeah. Started calling me, calling me, private number, messages. And then I eventually answered answered the phone. I'm like, yeah, who's this? He's like, yeah, mate, look, you inspected one of my properties. You know, you made me lose a sale. I'm like, mate, look, just, just realist it. It's not a big deal. I don't even know who you are, you know? Uh, and he goes, look, look at the build. So I got the building contract later on and I found out who the person was. He actually goes to me that if you, on the phone, if you inspect any of my homes again, I'm going to put you at the back of my boot. You're you know, kidding like, me. I, 
I said, man, how do I know if it's your home? Like when we get it, when we get a site, we go there, we don't even know who the builder is if it's a pre-purchase. So I went there and um, I just did a non-biased report, you know, uh, did my job and got out. And then this guy took it personal. Does that worry you? Like have you got families to consider in all of this? And like do you ever, you know, does that ever really concern you? Or do you think these people are just talk? I, I, I reckon he was, he was just talk. But the thing is, uh, you know, before we book a job in, we get their, uh, we basically get their contact details. They pay for the report. There's a transaction going on. You know, we've got enough, you know, information about them, you know, to, to know that these guys, you know, uh, are going to be monitored if something happens. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> It um it really concerns me as well that 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 one you referred to was like a one point seven million dollar home. So there's no guarantee if you pay more money that you're actually going to get a better job either. Because I thought a lot of the places you go to are like those high volume. We won't name brand names, but you know the ones where they give you your house and land package type scenario. But yeah, it it seems that it's in all areas of, and at all price points. It is yeah. unfortunately. It's it's ubiquitous throughout the industry, and um, you know we inspected um, you know a high end townhouse in in Richmond, you know multi million dollar as well, and it was just filled with defects across all four levels, <laughs> right? That's and so many other of the bills that we've inspected too with you know multi million dollar properties. In in many cases, they've they, they've got the same common problems, right? Whether it's a you know, a $200,000 simple so-called cheap build versus a, you know, a building contract of $2.7 million, um, similar sorts of issues, yeah. you know. Yeah. Can everything be fixed or have you ever seen anything that's so far gone that it's like you've basically gone, this is a knockdown? Look, I mean, almost you can almost say yes to everything can be fixed, but it comes at a price, right? So then... And it's it's about the economics, you know. Where do you where do you call it quits? <laughs> you know, trying to rectify something. Um, and like clearly, you know, if a timber frame's been exposed out to the weather and the elements for too long, um, it can't be saved, right? It, it does need to be brought down. Um, you know, it'll have mold all over it. It'll have you know damp damp. Uh, you know, moisture damage throughout the, the, the frame structure. You know, we, we check all these. You know, we're, again, we were at another job today um, where it was sort of semi-closed off, you know, to the elements. It wasn't completely closed off, but, you know, some parts of the frame were beyond saving, right? They would have to be removed and replaced. Oh, um, other parts were okay, yeah. you know, so it, it, it's really a case-by-case -case basis. So when you say... It, if the timber frame is exposed to the elements for too long, like how long are we talking? Days, weeks, months? Look, it, it's in the range of months, but it also depends on sometimes the, you know, the different materials that are used um, and also just how bad the weather has been. I mean, clearly, you know, Melbourne's been you know, going through some fairly wet days, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm in southeast Queensland, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let me tell you a little thing about rain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, straight away you'll end up with, you know, mould issues and things like that. Then it's about you know, trying to determine, you know, how bad that is. And that's where we work with another, you know, PhD microbiologist 
who actually runs the lab and can do the testing to do some determinations around that because it does reach a point where, you know, yeah, you can treat the frame and um, try and get it back to good. Um, but, you know, yeah, you need to, to, to look at all these sorts of issues. And you know, so clearly for frame, like some of the builders are going through hard times. If it's been open for 12 months, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad look, right? You know, the timber, not just mould, but itself will, will be deteriorating and its structural integrity is, is mm. in question. So then sometimes you need a structural engineer to assess it as well, right? So um, it, it's complex, you know. It's, it's, it's a matter of getting the right people to look at it before you decide to move forward. Yeah, and if, if you have like a bathroom that's been leaking for a long time, you got to, you know, just you got to remove the whole thing again. you got to remove the tiles. you got to remove the screed. Um, if the substrate has been compromised, you've got to remove that and just start fresh. That's what you have to do. You can't do just a bit of silicon and patch up job. It's going to happen again. Yeah. And it, look, it doesn't take that long either. I know that um, I was in a new build a few years ago and um, a people a couple of doors, because we were in some townhouses, and the people a couple of doors down had a leak and she swore she heard water dripping for six months and she kept ringing her landlord and her landlord kept saying, oh, it's just the way that the gutters are designed. When it rains, you'll hear a drip. And she kept saying, yes, but I, I hear dripping when it's not raining, like totally like days where there's no rain at all. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And then six months later, the water started flowing out of her neighbour's bedroom from behind their uh, from behind their bedroom where which backed onto the bathroom and it turns out there'd been this really slow leak like what you said before like the slow leak that didn't get picked up because it wasn't causing any damage at first but it, if we go off what my neighbor said about her hearing something dripping for six months it was six months worth of damage and they ended up having to cut bits out of the frame and replace part of the frame. And that's just from that one little leak. Yep, exactly right. That's what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, water's, you know, water's the worst, right? Because it, it it impacts the structural integrity of the, the framing timber very quickly. Um, and then if, if it keeps coming back, you've got the mould issue, you know, it continually gets reignited. I mean, Sometimes the frame will dry out a little bit, mould goes to spores, next wet event, uh, bang, the spores will explode again and before you know it, mould's grown you know, 100 fold in, in size, right, in terms of the impacted area. So you know, this was, this, something similar happened um, in, in this multi-million dollar townhouse in Richmond. But you know, they, they had roofing issues, but they also had an issue in one of their bathrooms where um, the actual tap fixture behind the wall failed, right? And it was drip, 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 drip. And because the waterproofing in the bathroom was non-compliant in the way it had been put down, it actually leaked out through their walk-in robe out into the bedroom uh, because this was just a continuous leak that just kept on going. Um, and it was just a drip, right? It's not as if it was a gushing, you know, fire hydrant style leak. It was just a drip. And they hadn't even really moved into the house, right? So the, the plumber had pressure tested, um, ticked everything off. And, you know, this, this fixture's just behind the wall, drip, 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 drip. And, you know, nobody heard anything, but the damage was evident throughout the, that 
bedroom, walking yeah. robe everywhere. We had to take that video down as well because yeah. the, the builder had a school. <laughs> yeah. He called us Sunday, Sunday yeah. around seven o'clock at night. His lawyer called us. He's like, You will hear from my high school. <laughs> <laughs> I said, All right, man. And if it wasn't for the owner, I wouldn't have taken it down. But the owner's like, mate, just take it down. And I'm like, man, all right. <laughs> oh, man. All these videos. Oh, okay. so, so sad. Because they're so they're so entertaining, honestly. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering what we're talking about, like seriously go and check it out because they are they're hilarious and scary all at the same time. And and Zahir, your your commentary is priceless. <laughs> So, thank you. So, look, if if someone is building a new home and they're listening to this, they've probably just gone not not doing that anymore. Um, but if if someone is building a new home and they want to make sure that everything is done properly, like how what can they do? What steps can someone take as a buyer to pre- either prevent the defects from happening? or spot the defects before they sign off, or at least, like, find the defects before it causes damage? Yeah, look, you know, so, so obviously through a new build process, um, you know, I, I can't talk about every state in Australia, but, I mean, here in Victoria there's a number of, you know, statutory inspections that must be conducted by a building surveyor as part of the building permit that's issued um, to do that build. Now, they're, they're fairly structurally orientated all those inspections, right, in, in you know, pre-slab and slab and framing and things like that. Our inspections are quite different. You know, we actually look for the things that actually go around the building site, you know, the, um, you know, the, the cladding, the masonry, the roofing, the plumbing, those sorts of areas that typically don't get inspected by a building surveyor because it's not necessary. It's not statutory. It's not a statutory obligation to do that. Um, and that's really where doing some of these extra inspections become really quite paramount. And, you know, we're even doing those for a, a number of people who are using, you know, or buying or getting a, a property built from the, the high end range of some of the volume builders, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we find that, you know, site supervision seems to be lacking, right? Either the site supervisors have too many jobs to manage or don't spend enough time on each job or whichever. Uh, but wh- whatever it is, they're, they're just not being supervised enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, picking up waterproofing defects uh, before somebody makes a progress payment to a builder for a build becomes paramount. And, you know, the other way to try and protect yourself is when you're going through those sorts of contracts with a builder is to insert some clauses to, to ensure that, you know, my progress payments will be subject to an independent building you know, inspection yeah. by by the right sort of building inspector. I mean, there's a lot of shonky ones out yeah. there as well. <laughs> yeah. For example, for example, today we shot a video for um, for this volume builder that, that has gone into liquidation. Yeah, but the thing is, the video, this video, I'm look, I'm really looking forward to it. What happened is that the supervisor, who's a family friend of the homeowners, uh, um, issued them with a lockup progress payment a lockup stage yeah and he's and the guy was overseas so he sent them a couple of pictures here's some brickwork some plaster pay us the lockup stage and then they paid the lockup stage payment which was like 35 percent of the contract price and um and then they went bust <laughs> and guess oh, what the lockup stage is not complete oh 
no so surprises they, there. So they, they scammed them. So that's why the having the building inspector going out there and seeing if the progress if the progress stage is authentic and if it's real, all right, look, it looks all good, yet pay these guys. So it's just like a kind of like a little insurance, hmm. you know, throughout the build to someone that's got your back. Yeah. And that's it cool. honestly sounds like you really can't afford not to do these things, especially these days, because it just seems like there's been so many corners cut, so many shonky operators and so much shonky workmanship. I think we need to kind of take charge as home buyers. Yeah, I mean, look, let's face it. I mean, somebody's home will be the biggest investment they probably make in their entire lifetime, right? Yeah, and it's devastating when something goes wrong, like absolutely gut-wrenchingly devastating. Or even like that single mum that you were talking about, like that landlord, that was like their investment as well. Like they're probably paying that off. So there's yeah. so there's so many people involved. Yeah, and uh, and unfortunately they only started helping her when uh, when the video went viral. <laughs> you know? oh. Yeah. real estate agent straight away oh we saw a video we're going to help you now oh you, you're picking up the phone now are you <laughs> oh dear you you have to manage a lot of phone calls it sounds like well we do and, uh, and but that, that's part of our job as well i mean often you know we'll issue a report for example and then there's a lot of questions because we're our clients often you know don't understand the building process right um, which is fair enough. I mean, most people don't and, you know, we all learn, right, and we all need to start somewhere. So, you know, we, we do spend a bit of time either walking them through what we find on site or we answer calls after that uh, once they've had a chance to review the report and they've got an opportunity to ask questions because at the end of the day, the other thing that we're trying to do is to actually lift the level of knowledge and education around this. And, and that's the educational side of the funny videos, right? On, on TikTok and, and, yeah. and Instagram and Facebook and yeah. YouTube and all that sort of stuff, right? But, you know, we actually show the clauses. We try and explain things to people. And it's all for free. Like, yeah. like those Australian standards I'm actually, you know, including in my videos, the extracts, actually cost money. Like each Australian standard costs us around like three, four, yeah, yeah. 300, 400 bucks. And I'm actually putting those extracts there and say, mate, here it is, and uh, and and everybody's learning. The builders are learning, tilers are learning, or trade different trades are learning, and uh, everybody's benefiting from it. And also, they're having a laugh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I think you're the first people to take a really dry subject and and make it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do pre like say if I was buying a home in Victoria, which I'm not, um, but if do you do you do inspections for prospective buyers as well? Come on, we're the best state in Australia. Why wouldn't you want to buy a home here? <laughs> I'm, I'm from Melbourne originally, but <laughs> I'm, up, I'm up in Queensland now. I defected. <laughs> look, look, we do. Um, our reports are really quite different, and we find that you know, from a, a price positioning point of view, we're we're quite expensive. I mean, most. Pre-purchase inspections are around the five hundred dollar mark, right? Even cheaper. I mean, or cheaper, and you get honestly, I've seen those people in open houses. They, you're lucky if they spend five or ten minutes walking around the house, and an open house is for thirty minutes, um, and they're in and out, and they probably just say, "Must be this is a beautiful home." We actually go in ceiling spaces. Look, we we look. We do like a 
full-blown inspection and it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but like C said, you know, there was that home valued at 1.7 mil, right, that the buyer pulled out of because of we identified some serious issues of non-compliance and the home, that person, the prospective buyer, didn't want to do rectification work, was sick of doing odd jobs, handyman tasks, yeah. those sorts of things. They, they wanted a home they could move into, no issues, and live happily ever after, right? Um, that's the level of our inspection services. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, if I ever do buy anything in Victoria, I know who to call now, that's for sure. I won't be calling anyone else. On the so, house. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to have a long waiting list soon, though. Do you have any plans for expansion? Are you going to train up other team members? Like, have you ever thought about um, sort of moving into, into other states or is that even possible? Look, it's, they're, they're all things in the in, in the broader plan and scheme of things. Um, one of the first things we're starting to look at is um, commercialising our app um, because we've invested a lot of time in, you know, developing an application and the workflows within the application to actually methodically step us through the inspection process. And in there, we've captured a lot of the details of the Australian, different Australian standards and components of that so that we make our inspections faster, right, and more productive. We can do more in a day ourselves. Um, so that's certainly something that we're looking to, to take to market and, and offer potentially either to other inspectors but also to site supervisors for volume builders, right, yeah. because I think that's, that's one area where we could almost, talking about root cause analysis and things like that, where we could, you know, stop it at its source. If we can lift, you know, the, the capabilities of site supervisors and, and those sorts of guys and girls, then we can actually start to improve the process much earlier on in the piece. And, yeah, look, the other problem about expanding interstate is we've got to find people that we trust and we know we can work with and who actually... Hard want to work with our methodologies, right? You know, we've tried a few people and there's resistance, right? We're talking about a change in mindset here and, and not everybody can, can accommodate that. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, I think this is the change that needs to happen and I think it's going to happen frustratingly slowly. Mm. But, it's look, it's people like you that are forcing it to head in the right direction. Yeah, we hope so. So, I mean... and. And that's certainly you know, one of the things around the videos is is to try and sort of do that that little bit of extra education. I mean, we, we've had comments on on those different channels from you know roofing plumbers, sparkies, things like that. Oh, I didn't know that I had to do this and do that and do the other. Thanks. You know, I actually learned something from your video. And then we've got detractors as well, occasionally every now and again. But, but some of these people, yeah, they're, they're actually appreciative. They recognise, oh no, I've been doing it wrong, right? And somebody's shown them and and brought up the Australian standard at the same time in the video, which is irrefutable proof that this is how you should be doing it. Yeah, and they even, they even comment on our on our channel saying, "Mate, I've been doing, for example, roofing for twenty years, and I didn't know I had to I had to turn down the the valley gutters, for example." And it's like, fire out. Thanks for telling me. And you know what? You've got the extract there. So that's why I've been putting in a lot of extracts because people don't believe it. You mm. know? Oh, God. There's, seriously. And, and and I was thinking as well, like if, if 
if those standards cost three, $400 to purchase, there's going to be people out there like tradies who've never seen them because why would yeah, you buy exactly them? Right. That's hundred percent true. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, yeah, I, I went through and studied a cert four in building and construction, right? Yeah, we didn't. We used some basic standards around timber framing guide and things like that. And the minute people had to buy a book, right, it was almost like sacrilegious to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got textbook shelves full of them, right? But I mean, for some people, it's just something that they don't do. And 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 this is what I mean. It's about you know. Um, uh, doing the sort of work that we do is not everybody's cup of tea, mm. right? Um, and we're not just walking in for 10 minutes and walking yeah. out again. You know, we, we probably spend, I mean, sometimes we do inspections jointly. We're out in one today doing a, an apartment block where, you know, we were literally, I think, the fifth or the sixth inspector that they brought in to, to solve an issue. And you spent and, like nine grand on yeah, inspections. Well, well, more than that. Sorry, yeah, 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 it was more than that. But, um, you know, and in one and a half hours, we we didn't believe the other reports we'd read. Um, they showed, they shared with us the reports. We didn't go around trying to badmouth anybody, but you know, quietly Z and I, you know, okay, thank, thanks for sharing the reports. We made no further commentary around it. Uh, we went in, we did what we normally do, the, the normal way that we do it. Um, we gave him our initial thoughts. You know, I don't think he really believed us initially. Yeah. Um, we then proved the thoughts by just, you know, a, a quick test. And he goes, oh, okay, you're right. Why didn't the other guys pick this up? Well, I don't know. Um, maybe they just don't do it the right way, right? So, you know, this is the whole thing around it. it it's around methodology, workflows, the practices, and the right mindset. Yeah, and that's it. And and that that mindset of looking for the root cause, like that that and that I think that's where you are really like a powerful team because you've got the scientific analysis and the engineering skills and and all that stuff that you bring to the table. It would be really hard to replicate you interstate. It really would. Mm, it, it, it's true. I mean, but. You know, failing, having said that, right, I mean, if somebody does pop their head up and they seem to be made of the right stuff, I mean, you know, it's a bit like going to the moon, right, in the movie, you know, uh, that sort of thing, and we can bring them on as an astronaut, you know. Yep, that's <laughs> it. Planning and, and, and away we go. But it, it's about following the methodologies, the process, the mindset, and doing it a particular way, you know. Yeah, yeah above and beyond, like... Mm. That, that's how you have to do it. I mean, uh, I've got one client at the moment where that builder, I've, I've done a video about it. Have you seen this video where I said, you know, I put an extract from an email where the builder said, you know, the, build, the builder and the homeowner have to maintain a strong and healthy relationship. <laughs> and let's just be honest. We're married. <laughs> Oh my god! I have to do that video. Yo, well, I got, I got banned from this job site just because I'm too picky. Uh, <laughs> oh no! So, Lou, I don't think you're ever going to be short of material for your account, your social media But it, it sounds like you need to pump out double the amount of videos because you're forced to take half of them down. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. All right, Ed and Zaheer, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast today. Your very first wellness podcast, and I hope hopefully it's not your last because I really feel like you've got so much to share that crosses over with uh, what we do here in the wellness industry. Yeah. Look, 
if if people haven't come across you online yet, where can they find you and connect with you online on both social media and on the good old interwebs? Well, on on TikTok, for example, just search up site inspections on YouTube as well. Site uh, site inspections on Facebook as well, Instagram. Um, yeah, we're on all platforms at the moment, but not not Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's that's what I reckon. Yeah, yeah. and we've got a website as well www.siteinspectionswithans.com.au. Awesome. All right. Well, I can't wait to see some more videos come out and um, and they're horrifying, but I can't look away. And um, they're like the building equivalent of pimple popper videos, really. They really are. You're just, you're just waiting to see the carnage. But, yeah, look, honestly, thank you so much for the good work you're doing and, and I wish you every success and, and let's hope that one day you don't have to do this job. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We've got to work ourselves out of the job and into retirement. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what I'm doing too. Like if I, if we can get all the people healthy, then I'm out of a job too. And then we can all go and, and have a cocktail on an island somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs>